everybody and welcome to this week's Sunny 16 podcast. It's just me on my own. Uh, it's just Rachel here today um, because we have, uh, for a change, our first instalment of the assignment shows. So myself, Graham and Aid, um, we're all doing our own individual shows and it would seem that for some reasons, um, random reason, uh, I seem to have been the most prepared uh, for for a change um, getting this this recorded. So actually it's fallen to me to be the first uh, guinea pig out of the gate and uh, I have recorded various little bits and pieces um, around the subject of self-portrait. So Hopefully you'll be able to listen to those. Uh, Graham has very kindly um, been editing all of the other bits and pieces together for me. So I'm in the middle of um, dashing off to various other sort of workshops and wedding shoots and all sorts of things uh, this week. So um, he's actually been really wonderful in uh, helping me getting it all edited together. Um, also blame him if, <laughs> if it doesn't sound very good, um, which is a useful thing. It's a very strange experience just simply even recording this because I'm used to this being a conversation where obviously I speak to Aid or Graham um, or both and um, and we have a discussion. So to actually deliver, um, present a show um, on my own feels very, very odd. Um, I kind of feel like I've, I've lost an arm uh, today. So uh, apologies if this all sounds a little bit stilted and a little bit strange. Um, this is a whole new uh, experience for me too. Anyway, um, thinking about self-portraiture um, and self-portrait, it's something that when when it was first sort of announced, shall we say, um, Graham decided that this was the, the first um, theme that we were going to take for our assignment challenges. Um, I have to say my heart, like, dropped. Um, it's not... It's not something that I find easy. It's not a subject that I really have ever felt that comfortable with. I have, you know, occasionally taken the odd portrait, I suppose. Um, but I don't really I don't really enjoy the whole kind of like general selfie culture. Um, it doesn't sit very well with me. And uh, just in general, I've never been particularly that. Um, confident about, um, you know, myself, my looks, how I feel about, you know, when I see myself in photos, all of those kinds of things. However, um, since um, kind of really um, taking on board photography as my full-time business, my job, um, I have endeavoured to be a bit more conscious of the fact that if I'm asking other people to be in front of the camera and to relax and to trust me uh, with that, then I have to also, you know, play by those rules. And I also have to show that I am willing to do things outside of my comfort zone too. So this has been, yeah, it has been a challenge. I know that this isn't obviously a competition. We're very much keeping this as... Um, an interesting kind of journey along the route of various different themes rather than um, a challenge with a, you know, winner and two losers. Um, at least I hope that's still going to be the case after this. We shall see. Um, 
but yeah, it's it has been a really interesting um, journey for me to go on to to take on this challenge, to take on the assignment. Um, I didn't really know where to start. I had I had a f- few vague ideas, but yeah, it, it took a while to kind of get to the point where I felt like I actually knew what I was really wanting to do. And to be honest, it didn't really fall into place until I had the first conversation with uh, Steph. So um, the discussion that you'll hear uh, next will be um, with Steph Plexer. She's a an art teacher. She's also a good friend, very good friend of mine. And um, we actually met five years ago now, which seems crazy, um, in the Lake District. I had um, unfortunately just been made redundant and uh, didn't um, know where how we were going to uh, continue paying the mortgage and feeding the dog and all the rest of those kinds of things. And um, I'd already had the idea to set up Little Vintage Photography at that point, um, but it hadn't quite, uh, I hadn't quite launched it full full time, if you like. So I, uh, I happened to see a post on Facebook, funnily enough, um, about a, an artist residency that was happening in the Lake District. And... I was feeling pretty, in general, pretty down about everything at that point, unsurprisingly. Um, So I thought, you know what, maybe what I need is some time in nature, back in, you know, sort of like surrounded by trees and just generally enjoying being outdoors um, because that's something that has always been very dear to me. In spite of the fact that obviously I live in Liverpool, which is a city, uh, we're sort of like South Liverpool uh, now. We're near the parks and and things like that, and we have some beautiful green spaces here. Um, but it was just it was nice to have that kind of like change of scenery and somewhere very different. So I ended up going up to the Lake District to this ten day artist residency, not knowing what to expect. Found I ended up there um, with all these um, art students, you know, people who been through the Royal College and all had these fantastic qualifications and there was me, little on me going turning up with um, a uh, an aquarium heater, <laughs> a load of photographic chemicals, um, some pinhole cameras, um, some tin foil um, and, and basically just with sort of like vague ideas as to you know if I can kind of make images work here uh, I can kind of make them work anywhere so it was, it was definitely a challenge for me to take on um anyway this leads me on to um how Steph and I met because actually she happened to be coming it, uh, along to this artist residency as well um we didn't know each other at this point um but there was a, a general kind of like uh, group conversation and um so she said oh um is there anybody who can give me a lift from the station so uh, I ended up picking her up at Windermere train station and uh, we had a conversation in the car uh, about you know um, our backgrounds and what have you she's come from from America um, and um, and it transpired in the end that we forged a very strong friendship friendship over that 10-day period she ended up coming back to Liverpool um, to visit and uh, loved the city so much in the end, uh, that she moved here. So she's been here for a few years now. 
And kind of each year we tend to do a little pilgrimage and, and go back to Elterwater, go back to the Lake District um, and and just kind of go back to the, the Mertz Barn, um, which is uh, the artist Kurt Schwitter's, it was, um, his, uh, his place uh, in the Lake District. Um, it's so, yeah, it, it's something that's a really special place to me. And I thought actually along the theme of self-portrait, it would be a really good place to have this conversation um, in, a, in a place um, that was meaningful to me. And also with somebody who um, who kind of like, you know, was part of a big change in my life when, when all of this sort of was starting to happen um, and I was setting up the business and, and what have you. So um, as self-portrait is very much about telling a story about yourself or something you're going through or what have you uh, it seemed to be the right kind of place to go back to and be reflective in so um we went back up to the lakes and um we recorded the interview that you'll hear next and i think there's some lovely insights that steph um gives us um from her perspective as an art teacher thinking about self-portrait Um, so I am talking to Steph Plater, who is a, an art teacher in Liverpool. Um, Steph, it would be really nice to get your thoughts on um, how you might approach self-portraiture as perhaps as an artist. Obviously, I'm a photographer, but as an artist, it would be really lovely to know your thoughts on how you would go about approaching that. Like somebody who's never done a self-portrait before what would you advise them to do first? Uh, okay. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Steph. <laughs> so um, I initially trained kind of be a classical, traditional, uh, old school approach, which is quite a lot of observational stuff first um, before going into the stuff that makes you really individual uh, and, like, thinking about other things beyond just the actual features on the outside, right? Yeah. So... <laughs> We're in the Lake District, by the way, so you might hear some like walkers or some sheep or, or some something. cows. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I was about 19, we were asked to do a self portrait. So it could be whatever we wanted. Um, so I did a drawing of uh, on grey toned paper with white chalk and pencil. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the interesting things was uh, I brought it back, and my tutor was like, You actually made yourself a lot more boring than you actually are. <laughs> Um, you're not a boring person I can attest to this obviously <laughs> having, having known you for a long time um, yeah, yeah. but that's a really interesting observation isn't it I suppose like yeah. for the person so that was your teacher yeah saying that they looked at what you'd created and were and couldn't f- find your personality in it is that what yeah, they were sort of saying yeah precisely um, oh hang on that's a tractor going past I think um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, well I think yeah it's also, being of that age at 19, you're still kind of trying to find yourself. Mm. And I think at that point, looking back, I didn't really know who I was. So I wasn't at the stage to really give it the same flavor that I would now. Mm. Um, and now I like to be very glamorous, like to play around with like my look and makeup and stuff. Not quite like Cindy Sherman, but mm-hmm. um, I like to have a lot of fun with it. And I did then too, but I think I also didn't like to acknowledge that in my artwork as much. Um, do you know why? Now. Do you, was it because you had like 
um, preconceptions as to what you should do as an artist or was it just that you weren't as confident in your... It might have been about a lack of confidence um, and also maybe just trying to focus on getting the appearance right rather than the actual overall effect or like an aura about the piece. That's um, nice. Like the aura. Yeah, I, I like that. So that makes sense. Yeah, 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 definitely. There's actually a photographer whose work I've seen. I don't know if we've actually. I think it was um, a friend of yours who posted it originally, mm. and it was um, an aura photographer. I don't know if you've come oh, across okay. him. Yeah, oh, there's another lorry. <laughs> more tractors. <laughs> more tractors. More tractors. Um, yeah, actually, it was a friend of, uh, of yours, Steph, who um, we connected on Instagram. So I'd seen some of her work and what have you. But yeah. I think she went to an aura photographer, yeah. which I had never heard of before. But that idea that um, actually they were working most of the time, I believe, aura photographers work with digital. Mm-hmm. Um, but this particular one over in America was working with Polaroid. So somehow they were creating these beautiful kind of like rainbow background um, yeah. uh, Polaroid prints uh, and they just look fantastic. So it just, sorry, it just took me yeah, down that like route. A, it's almost yeah. like an aura that kind of envelops the, yeah. the person as well. Yeah. So it's um, kind of like a, a coloured fuzz okay. that goes, yeah. you know, over her. Yeah. It looks beautiful. Yeah, they yeah. were really lovely, like portraits um, yeah. as well. So, so actually, um, now that I think about it, what really I think improved my confidence if you will was actually photography uh i'm not a photographer at all like i've actually been quite you know reluctant to get into photography for some reason or another but um i was dating someone who was really into photography and Mm -hmm. he got um a holger yeah got a holger for a trip to new york and he was very much like he loves staging things he liked having props and colors and thinking about composition Mm -hmm. That's why it's fun to be an artist, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the thing is, like, especially a camera like the Holger, it's um, it's really light. It's plastic. It's yeah. basically kind of on the edge of like being a toy camera, like we yeah, might was, say. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, and and it sort of lends itself to those kinds of you know yeah. fun. Yeah, is kind of its its umbrella, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was uh, a trip to New York that we took, and it it had a massive impact, I think, on my confidence mm-hmm. and moving forward how I depict myself even on like social media mm-hmm. how I use profile pictures how I like to mm. stage things um and also like I've uh, been planning to do other portraits of people and I've asked them to do photo shoots first using like props or mm-hmm. colors mm-hmm. so my sister for example I'd like to do a portrait of her um pre-raphaelite style portrait mm-hmm. so i asked her to do a photo shoot she put on this like robe thing she went to a cemetery she <laughs> had like a vintage book yeah um and it, yeah. it's quite a lot of fun i think there's a lot of fantasy so. about creating a myth about yourself that mm, i like interesting. Um, and that's what a lot of like famous artists writers they do build myths about themselves mm-hmm. like um like, what story do you want to keep? Mm-hmm. How do you edit yourself to convey that? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's something very empowering about that, too. As long as it's not, like, fudging the truth too much or anything. Sure. But about, I don't know, projecting kind of, I don't know, a, a confident kind of sense yeah. of purpose or mm-hmm. backstory or legacy yeah. that you build into your... Yeah, that's, know, your that, visual story. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Like, 
thought about that that I I'd not really come up like I'd not had myself like mm-hmm. to think about that I suppose thinking about how I I might approach self-portraiture um the, I love the idea of what you've just talked about I mm-hmm. think it would be fabulous um but that's it's so far removed from kind of my style because yeah. in general my style is very candid observational mm-hmm. you know it, that that kind of thing I'll do maybe like you know ask people to do a couple of poses or things like that you know mm-hmm. if I'm shooting a wedding or something you know but um I don't really go <laughs> um all out as you know like with yeah. the props and, and and everything and and I think there is probably a big part of me that loves that like I've always loved that drama side of things. I like mm-hmm. to be unexpected in certain ways. Um, and when I think back about, like, the different kind of, like, phases and, and sort of, like, uh, things I've done in my life and, you know, well, yeah. conversations we've had and it's like, how did I end up here doing this? This is so <laughs> random and bizarre. And I love that, like, unex- element of unexpected. Yeah. But I think I I think I probably really struggle, like, bringing in... Uh, like the props the costume and all of that and kind of like feeling yeah. like oh I don't I don't know how to I, don't, I wouldn't know how to kind of like deal with that I guess yeah. and like set that up that feels like a whole other sort of scare that feels quite scary to me mm, um, yeah so yeah I don't know if um do you th- in like in your opinion is that something that's worth perhaps exploring and again pushing comfort zones with or do you think actually being as this is sort of like first time I'm really doing self-portraiture <laughs> um is yeah. there maybe a slightly easier route into it I wouldn't say it's not something you haven't done before because mm-hmm. if you look at your wedding photos yeah you went and you hired a Victorian photographer and that's a really specific look yeah, yeah. and that actually I think adds to a sense of like it tells a story in itself, right? Mm. That style that you've chosen. And that is a bit removed from just candid. It's very posed. Mm. It 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 links to a tradition and a story. Yeah. So I think you have kind of done that a little bit mm. um, in terms of not yeah. self-portraiture, but yeah. you have chosen that photographer and mm. that style. Yeah, for my wedding. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think also, like, if, if we go back to the original thing that I was bringing up which is my teacher saying you made yourself a lot yeah. more boring than you were um I say you don't want to do something that's not authentic yeah like if you are just about trying to capture a very still moment and have it be maybe very minimal and that's you then that's what you should do mm. I mean personally I like extravagance mm-hmm. I like fantasy mm-hmm. um not like Dungeons and Dragons stuff so much, but more like looking at like medieval traditions mm. and symbolism and mm. like literary symbolism even. I love all those different mm. references. And that's what a lot of my favourite yeah. art history eras do. Yeah. It's just all elaborate dress-up games, isn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I get, maybe, maybe it's like that I have... I've had so little experience of doing self-portraiture. In, yeah. in, in most senses, I'm like, I'm behind the camera rather mm. than yeah. willing to be in front of it and um, never kind of like wanting me to be the focus of the image, if you yeah. like. It's what I'm creating that I want to be the focus yeah. of the image. So um, maybe, you know, this is probably all along that whole kind of idea of, of finding your, your creative voice and your visual mm. style and things as yeah. well. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm... Generally, I think I'm quite imaginative, like yeah. uh, with what I do. But I feel like I'm drawing a bit of a blank with how yeah. I approach it because it's me, and that's well a difficult. 
one thing that they they had us do in art school and also i've done with a lot of my students Mm. is the idea of collecting all the things together that you're passionate about like a mood board if you will so uh one of our early assignments on um was to bring in a collection of objects that meant something to us okay and we were talking yesterday actually about Mm. how how funny is it that objects mean so much Mm -hmm. and but they really do like you can kind of symbolize a lot of different parts of your life by like a certain book that you maybe read over and over again or like yeah. a locket um maybe it'd be worth for you to get a collection of things together yeah. that really matters to you and have like I've, I've also had students do like uh vanitas self-portraits where which like a self-portrait without mm-hmm. them in it okay but with all the objects that yeah. mean something to them yeah. Yeah. and to create different compositions from that and then from from that maybe thinking about what colors symbolize you, um, looking at what other artworks you really want to emulate. Mm. Um, so it might be worth doing not just objects, but artworks that you love and like portraits that you love. Mm. And which ones do you admire? Do you like the ones that show a lot of strength mm. and kind of a sense of confidence? Do you like the ones that are quite vulnerable and intimate? Maybe seeing seeing what you're most attracted to yeah. within those collections. Okay. And then do analysis on it okay how, how would you approach that so um i think it's to get all of the things together um i think pinterest is great for that actually mm-hmm. i pretty much only use pinterest to collect artwork together okay. rather than like cake recipes and stuff <laughs> but it's great for that because there's such such a good element of um, being able to find different things really mm. easily mm. so it, it'll make suggestions for stuff that you like based okay. on what you've already collected okay um i think that pinterest would give that but even if it's just internet pictures print them out put them on a table Mm. maybe try and notice what patterns you see so you might notice that the ones you picked have quite a lot of like emerald green in them yeah uh or they might have a soft focus yeah Um, yeah we were talking like you say yesterday as well weren't we about um how like favorite colors because obviously you brought that up as like what which ones do you which ones do you class as like favorite colors and and you know and again that's uh, that's an aesthetic choice mm-hmm. um and as as a photographer whether i would um load up black and white stock or color yeah. stock yeah so do i shoot it in black and white or do i shoot it in color you know again that's that's another uh element isn't it for me yeah. to think about how how to approach self-portraiture i think um yeah just sort of like your colors the colors that you enjoy and that you like can depend on the subject that you're shooting of course um it can also i think change over time Um, absolutely and uh and i think and and maybe like to do with mood as well because i'm i'm all about green at the minute like i love i love my greens but it's been various other colors you know in the past that i've really loved and um maybe that was to do with the fact that i just needed a bit more um nature around me you know maybe it was like right i'm just gonna choose all the greens because i want to sort of in some way surround myself with something that reminds me of that so maybe your self-portrait now that you've reflected on that Mm -hmm. could be something set in nature Mm -hmm. because that's something that really matters to you yeah something really lush and green um yeah and not you know um a studio backdrop or it's a bee yes yeah, <laughs> i don't know if you heard that maybe you've heard that <laughs> you know cutting in not... our conversation <laughs> he wanted to give his opinion yeah um yeah i think it's, it's reflecting on like what matters to you what 
what would your legacy in a photograph be? Mm. Oh, big questions, thing. isn't it? Yeah. Really big. But the thing is, it's photography. You can yeah. take lots of portraits over time. Yeah. You could show ones of when you were like younger versus mm. older. Mm. And I think that's what a lot of artists did too, because it's it's interesting because it's it captures that time in mm. your life. Um, and then you look back and you have the memory of that yeah. era. Yeah. And Dorian Gray yeah, <laughs> portrait of a young man yeah. <laughs> and all that so even looking yeah. at like you know Facebook profile pictures yeah. I looked at the ones back when I was like 22 mm. and you know I still feel like it's still me but it's just a different phase of my life yeah um and I I quite like to to think about like the use of color I am a very much yeah definitely into color yeah, yeah. and um you know pattern and clothing and style mm-hmm. stuff like that um, yeah. Well, again, because we were—I mean—we were talking about clothing and in a self-portrait as well. Mm-hmm. There's such a lot that you um, that you say with what you wear, isn't yep. there? As well, it's a, yep. a whole other form of expression. Um, yeah. So, trying to sort of like decide what what yeah. you know what to wear in that kind of portrait as well is is interesting. And you know whether you juxtapose juxtapose like what you're wearing with the environment that you're in you know like if I get my space suit out and stand in nature you know I'm, I'm kidding yeah. but you know like um certain I don't know whether this is is just me I don't think it's just me but like certain clothes have real sort of like really strong memories attached mm-hmm. as well so yeah. um the, there's a point where it feels like that's right to pass on or it's you know or you should keep it for a while even if yeah. you're not wearing it I don't know yeah that's another thing that yeah. I'm going to think about I mean well. I suppose in some ways if if you're not going to wear it again mm. could you keep it as a photographic memory yeah. or a painted memory yeah you know document that and you'll still always have it mm. and you'll have even if you know maybe someone else gets to use that exactly. piece and love it yeah well. yeah yeah, absolutely. I, I love, I love to share. I love to like be able to like send these things out into the world and see what people yep. kind of like create with them or how they, how you they mean use clothes them. Or, uh... Well, clothes. But, you know, I'm I've inherited think... a lot of clothes, <laughs> by the way. True. That is true. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm also thinking like about what what matters to me. It's sort of like helping me reflect. Just talking to you about mm-hmm. this, like the analog adventure kits I make mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Like, I love. It's just amazing to see what people create with it because mm. it's it's the same thing that they get, but they have the opportunity to make whatever they want with it. So, I guess maybe there's something something to do with like my love of of how everything's very unique and mm. how everybody creates something differently. Maybe that should be part of my portrait as well because it's like I've made the starting point for that, yeah, but not the ending point for yeah. it. And that's kind of cool. And I think, yeah, yeah similarly, um, I get a lot of satisfaction about being a teacher because I feel like such joy at facilitating mm. other people to open up and create something, even if it's not necessarily directly my work. Yeah. There's something great about being able to free people up to do yeah. stuff. There's and an element of self yeah. in there, isn't there? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's it's also it's also a bit of letting go because you can't control the outcome all the time. No. It's it's yeah. doing what you can and then like seeing what happens. Mm. Um I think one of the big things I've struggled with when um Graham and Aidan well, mainly Graham, had decided that self portraiture was the first one we were gonna tackle as an <laughs> assignment. Oh god. 
I hate him so much sometimes. Um, <laughs> it's it, it comes back to confidence a lot yeah. of the time. Um, and I don't know whether, um, because I've never really done self-portraiture before, maybe as an art teacher, I guess that's, I don't know, assuming that that's always a part of process like in general you always teach self-portraiture you know or that's something a journey that you take your students through several times that kind of thing I don't know if that's right um, um but or or is it that you only would ever sort of go oh you know there's the option to do self-portraiture I don't know if it's sort of well one one project I did um is it fundamental general, like, I think I like to saying. keep things really open-ended to give students freedom to interpret it mm-hmm. what they will mm-hmm. so I have done part of the year 12 that was it's like you know um, identity and portraiture okay. and it I told them it does not have to be a traditional portrait it can be could be very traditional or it can be you know a collection of objects or mm. some kind of abstraction where mm-hmm. you're looking at like emotion and mood mm. um, and I think people sometimes I feel like people are paralyzed by that choice mm. sometimes they respond really well so I think often having a limitation can force you to be more creative mm-hmm. um, but at the same time I think people like having the opportunity to feel authentic about mm-hmm. what they make so if someone really 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 hates drawing portraits mm-hmm. having the opportunity to do it in a different way is mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. Um, but equally like having that limitations I think for most people is usually really yeah. useful in a way. Yeah, you're um, right. You know, that's definitely something that I, I feel in photography as well, and especially analog photography, because you're automatically setting certain limitations yeah. with that. You can't, you can't take thousands of photos, you know, mm. it, it, even in that sense, it sort of like narrows it down. So I think you're right, definitely, that that can help, um, you know, uh, breed, breed creativity, you know, mm. as well. Yeah. Um, I suppose... Um, because it's self-portraiture, mm-hmm. the confidence issue is, is you know, quite often comes yeah. down to yeah. your feelings about yourself and your looks or as mm-hmm. a woman, yeah. uh, you know, myself, obviously, getting older woman, you know, yeah. and somebody who's, um, when I think about it from a very, like, very specific, like, visual level, mm-hmm. um, you know, I always suffered with bad skin, you know. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that... Um, always crushed my confidence growing mm. up and as a as a woman in general yeah. like how how I look mm-hmm. I find quite difficult mm. um so I suppose that's that's where it's like oh god it's actually quite painful like yeah. to get to that point with self-portraiture and I don't know if you have any tips as to how to boost confidence mm. in in creating something visual yeah that's looking at yourself if you like as an artist yeah. is that something you've have you ever had to sort of like deal with that with any of your students yeah, absolutely. for example um i have actually mm. <laughs> and that's why i i do also like to keep it open-ended so okay. if some people are absolutely not comfortable with mm. portraying their body or their face then mm. they have the opportunity to do it in different ways, right? Through like the what large was the, objects or yeah. collage or something what else. What was the term you used for, for using objects to represent yourself? Um, well, it's it's Ooh. not the actual term, okay. but I used vanitas, which is vanitas. a tradition in art history of kind of like a moral story um, huh. about the kind of um, fragility of life and like, 
you know, objects being symbolic of different morals. So mm -hmm. typically in a painting, it would be a skull with a bunch mm -hmm. of objects and vanitas meaning like vanity mm -hmm. so representing that you know like gold and riches mm -hmm. it might look nice but you know death is still coming <laughs> <laughs> um but i like them as kind of a collection that represents someone's life as well mm -hmm. um and your journey through life and your the things that you make a priority really yeah so <clears throat> that could i think mm -hmm. that's a really nice way for people to do that mm -hmm. um but equally like people have responded by making um you know album art for mm. like um you know an album that they absolutely love with music that represents them so like there's lots of different ways you can do it that represent you without having it to be a literal yeah face yeah you know yeah that's really good thank but you i think um yes. i think confidence wise it's like it's i guess getting used to it like taking mm. taking lots and lots of pictures of yourself yeah. looking at yourself i've heard that um typically older women are the most confident in their looks but they've also had a lot of time to grow into their looks mm. and like you know see things beyond just appearances like mm. strength and wisdom and you know experience yeah and curiosity and intellect and all of those things that make up a person that aren't yeah you know, so and, focus on that, really. And I think you yeah. can also portray that in mm. your pose mm. and what you're wearing. Um, a power pose. Yeah, Hands on power hips. Pose. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, maybe having the right lighting and if, mm. you know, with if you're not confident about your skin, maybe, I don't know what a kind of like focuses you put on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. makeup's great too for like... I know, we're very lucky. It. <laughs> you know, in, in general, society is much more accepting of, of women wearing makeup um, at the moment. So, uh, so that gives us an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and, um, <clears throat> you know, I think having a, a, an element of control mm. about your look and not yeah. having other people control your look. And I've read a study about people in selfies mm. and a lot of people criticize selfies mm. but it's also about people taking ownership of how they come across to the world and sometimes that does involve manipulating the image mm -hmm. which is sometimes a bad thing and sometimes a good thing like if you feel really confident with like you know some goofy flower crown on your head and you mm. feel beautiful that way like that's kind of nice because it's giving you confidence to be that outside yeah yeah, but also, like, it's it's that element of control. Like, mm. we have so little control about how our appearances and looks are used, especially in media. Mm. When you are able to control those things, it can be a good thing. can be empowering. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's a really interesting uh, view, viewpoint. I have not yeah, come across it really It might before. be that's controversial, really cool. but I don't know. Well, and, and <laughs> controversial's okay, right? Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's good. That's what good discussion comes from yeah so. and um yeah. similarly i read that um people that get like tattoos and piercings mm -hmm. they're also more confident because that is something that they controlled about their body yeah like yeah. your clothes your hair sometimes yeah. you can control <laughs> like those things yeah. and if if you're able to you know wear mm. something that you feel really good in mm. um that can be really useful too yeah i um heard a quote recently which was about um you know as much as you can um, embody the energy of the person you want to be. Yeah, like that's that, a great... That idea that actually yeah. just if you dress like that person, if you, if you kind of... You're putting... It's not about trying to 
act as somebody else, but it's yeah. about embodying some elements of something or somebody that you admire or what have you and bring them into, you know, their confidence, let's say, for example, mm-hmm. into your life in yeah. some way. I think that's probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's great to have, like, positive role models, mm. um, you know, who are about that confidence and not necessarily about insecurity masks as confidence. Yeah. Um, which is probably kind of hard for a lot of, like, young people to find these days too. Yeah. But I agree, like, sometimes it is about, like, seeing someone wearing a yellow dress and being like, wow, I want that kind of, like, positive... Oh, I could never see myself wearing a yellow dress, but actually putting it on then kind of makes you go, huh, yeah, yeah. why not, right? (laughs) Kind of like, you know, the right right colour of yellow, the right kind of style, but, like, something about... Like, I think, yeah, everyone takes influences from something. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, And I think, yeah, it's playing around with it, like being open to playing with mm. but also being authentic at the same time I suppose yeah. Is, yeah. and I think again that goes back to a lot of self-analysis and reflection and kind of taking stock about what is it that you care about and yeah. what is it that you want your legacy in this photo to be yeah it's a lot of pressure I guess yeah. to have a legacy in a photo <laughs> but again like it's just a snapshot in time too like yeah you know take one in another couple of years and yeah. it might be you know a more developed yeah kind of idea who knows maybe i'll maybe i'll i'll fall in love with self-portraiture and that's all you'll see from me from now on guys it'll be just selfies everywhere (laughs) thank you so much for your thoughts today steph it's been really lovely to talk to you about it um and uh yeah is is there any anybody any particular artist that you shout out to you know anybody that whose work you really admire or anything like that anybody you're looking at at the moment or reading about or or anything uh, <laughs> I like a lot of artists. Mm. Um, so that's a hard question. <laughs> I saved the hardest one for last. Sorry, I, I was like, because you always give me some time to I'm prepare. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> you always have so many people. You're like, oh, I read this and I, I've seen this recently, yeah. and I was just like, oh, if there's something you'd see. Oh, right. Okay, so it's not, it's not an artist, but it's a book. Okay, fantastic. And it's a book I gave your husband actually, seriously. Yeah. And it's yes. it's about um it's by Madeline Miller. Goddess. Is that right? Huh? Is it by Madeline Miller? Madeline right? Miller, yes. yes. So it's about a woman who is like a sea nymph and goddess and she lives mm-hmm. Okay, I'm probably gonna get the details wrong, but um <laughs> she's basically the ugly one in her okay. family. Okay. Everybody else is beautiful, mm-hmm. divine. Uh she kind of ends up becoming an outcast and moving right. to this island. But she basically takes over the island, she nurtures it, she becomes very powerful Mm. and confident in herself. And I think that's a really great story about growing into yourself Mm. and, you know, going through that journey of finding who you are and what you care about and also not being beholden to kind of what other people want of you. I think that's a really important, yeah, really important sort of like viewpoint to take, isn't it? Yeah, And it's... uh, it's a great, I think it's a great story for women, especially because it talks about a lot of the complex kind of societal ideals of beauty, as well as just mm. um, your role in life, yeah. I think. Yeah, as an individual, but as a woman in a particular society. Yep. These are you know, different battles, aren't they, and different things we yeah, need to deal with. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's... Um, but there are also advantages as well, you know, like it doesn't all have to sound like it's a negative thing, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
I hope you all enjoyed that. It was um, really wonderful to get to chat to uh, Steph. Um, after our conversation, I actually was feeling really kind of, you know, pumped up, ready for um, for tackling uh, self-portrait. So although I didn't really, before the conversation, I didn't really have an idea as to what I was going to do, um, it ended up being like, well, actually, I'm here. I'm in the right kind of place. I've got my cameras with me. Do you know what? I'm just going to do it now. So we um, uh, went down the road and uh, basically went, got back to the car, um, got a few bits and pieces out of the boot and then set up my um, tripod. Um, I had happened to have my OM1 with me, my Olympus OM1, um, with the 50mm lens. And I had the Olympus XA. Um, so what I thought I'd do was um, shoot a few uh, frames on both cameras and see which ones came out, you know, best sort of thing. So I had a little think about what Steph had talked about, uh, thinking about props, thinking about, um, you know, what else is in the shot that represents you. And actually, there's a really beautiful scene just as... I, as you come round the corner um, of this particular part of the Lake District that I always just, I'm just always looking out for and I'm really excited when whenever whenever we come over sort of like the brow of the hill and you sort of see the hills, um, you know, sort of like rolling out in front of you. It's just beautiful um, and uh, it always gives me like, uh, you know, makes me very happy when I see that. So I thought, do you know what? That would be the perfect place to take my self-portrait because I knew that there was a beautiful big bank of uh, ferns as well. And ferns are something that I've found over the years have been very important to me, actually. Um, they're, uh, you know, a they're one of the oldest kind of... Um, forms of plant life you know they're very they feel very jurassic they're um you know something that's been around and uh, for a long time they're just beautiful greens and and um i just love the the sort of areas where they where they seem to grow and things as well um i i had some um in my wedding bouquet i wanted there to be lots of sort of like trailing ferns um the idea of that sort of like victoriana kind of thing um and of course as a reference point really f for me for somebody who's been very important in my life who um is anna atkins um of course the cyanotype artist um who are listeners i'm sure you will have heard me talk about many many a time um but she used obviously a lot of ferns, uh, ferns and lace and botanical specimens and and what have you. There were things that were around in the Victorian period, so um, they were the things that tended to be used. And I just, I don't think I ever quite got over how beautiful they look, the sort of like simplicity of them, and just uh, the impressions that they can create. So um, I wanted to include those in some way. I knew that there was this lovely kind of like area um, which had these huge banks of fern. So I thought, you know, that's going to be what, what I'll use as my back, as my background, uh, my backdrop. Um, and then I thought, you know, I don't really need anything else. I want to fill the frame. I want to um, just simply have that. Um, so there weren't really any other identifiable features. Um, but I would know where it had been taken, almost like a sort of like little secret, if you like. Um, 
So I thought, right, fill the frame with that. I'm going to um, wear my, you know, what I was normally wearing anyway. Um, but they're clothes I felt comfortable in. They're, they're working clothes. They're ones that I've um, worn in the past when I've been um, developing different processes and um, working on my analogue photography um, sort of um, business and experiments and all sorts of things. So it kind of felt appropriate to... Um, to have those um, as well um, and I tried a couple of things where I did bring in a couple of props I have I love um, Agatha Christie um, Conan Doyle um, obviously Sherlock Holmes etc um, and I happen to have a really old um, well sort of, I said really old um, a sort of 70s um, very um, battered and dog-eared copy of a, an Agatha Christie book with me uh, so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll put that in, in the shot, I'll hold that. And then I've got my flask of tea, which I always seem to have with me. Um, and uh, and I thought, yeah, it would just be nice to have that. And obviously, um, I should have a camera in my hand. So um, I, because obviously I had the two cameras um, when I was shooting with the XA, I was holding my OM1. And when I was shooting with my OM1, I was holding my Olympus XA. Um so uh, in the in the end, I uh, I set up the tripod. Um, I took a couple of frames of Steph as well. Uh, I was using the timer, obviously the self timer on the uh, on the OM one, um, and uh, just so I got a kind of an idea of how it was going to look. And I knew that I wanted to do something slightly different with the negative space. I wanted there to be a lot of negative space. I wanted the ferns to fill the frame and to be just this beautiful green backdrop. But I thought, actually, what I want it to reflect um, of me is that idea of um, the the poem, um, which I really love, which is about the idea of the, the path less, less travelled um, and kind of looking for... A different route um, and going against you know where everybody else goes uh, and exploring and being curious and wanting to discover and learn and all of these kinds of things so I thought if I frame it so that I am over to the left of frame um, but looking off um, the opposite way from where the negative space is um, just to kind of give that nod to the fact that I'm um, always hopefully um, looking for something that's that little bit different and that little bit magical and um, yeah I just thought that would represent me um, in a nice sort of like simple way just a little nod to that um, I'm a big fan of um, Maya Angelou as well and um, she has um, a fantastic um, some fantastic quotes and uh, one of them is if you're always trying to be normal you'll never know how amazing you can be so um, I just thought it would be nice to kind of um, embrace that really and show that hopefully in some way in in my um, images in my self-portrait so um, so yeah so that's what I did I set up a couple of different framings I did um, one portrait orientation but mainly I wanted uh, the image that I kind of had in my head was uh, landscape um, orientation. So I uh, did a few frames. Um, the main challenge that I found 
was that although I was framing it up and I kind of had a uh, a marker in place and I tried a couple of test shots with Steph as well um, when I was doing it with the self-timer it's still really quite difficult to make sure that you're in the right area of frame and what happened was that for pretty much all of them uh, I was I was just a little bit off I was a little bit off with the framing unfortunately so uh, never mind it was one of those things and you know practice and all that practice makes perfect as they say so it's definitely something um that i'm sure i could improve on but it was um trying to do it all relatively quickly just whilst i still had that kind of like excitement about it um and uh yeah it was it was a little bit of challenging uh, trying to trying to get it all lined up properly but i did manage to get a few frames shot on both cameras and um then i proceeded to just sort of like finish off the roll as as we were um, on our travels um, around over that kind of like 24 hour period um, in the Lake District. So um, once we'd done that, uh, obviously I um, brought them back, went and took them just, just up to the lab um, at the top of the road uh, from where I live to get processed. They were both colour um, stock. Uh, by the way, which I didn't mention, uh, but obviously with the with the sort of like lovely green backgrounds and what have you, I wanted to kind of like show the colour as well this time. So uh, I went to get it processed and the lab basically said, hmm, so this one, which was the one that I'd shot in the XA, um, hmm, we're not sure what this is. It looks a bit strange. It was a kind of like green tint and what have you. Um, so in the end, um, they they said that they didn't want to process it, which is fair enough, um, and because it was just a, a roll that I grabbed out the out the box, to be honest, just it said colour, uh, four hundred ISO, twenty seven frames. I was like, great, uh, twenty seven exposures, great. Um, so I uh, sent it off to Graham because he obviously has C forty one chems and I don't, and he said, yep, no problem, chuck it in the post, I will get that process for you. Uh, which he did, and you may have heard on a previous backing paper discussion that it stripped the film, <laughs> because it turns out it was a black and white film that hadn't been labelled on the canister um, at some point or other. Um, I think it was one that had come from Eric to Graham, and then at some point he's passed that on to myself, um, but without the, um, the, the sort of... Um, plastic tub obviously that it comes in uh, which is where we think the in actual information about it having been re-rolled um would have been so uh, so yes there we go i after all of that effort <laughs> and all of that excitement ended up with a roll of film down uh, no images whatsoever on that one um but never mind such is life and um i was not to be beaten and i uh had a little look at the other role that I'd shot, which actually was the one that I'd shot on my OM1, and uh, that was that was on on colour, um, and uh, it was a you know a normal normal colour film, and uh, basically it was um, I think it was Kodak Gold. I actually do you know I don't have it in front of me right now. I should have checked this before I started recording, but never mind. Um, yeah, some colour stock basically and got that processed and I had a handful of images which came out so I was very pleased with those. Um, I was also pleased um, with the fact that 
the way that the one sort of image that I really wanted to come out did come out. Um, and I'm quite pleased with the expression on my face. I, I would have liked to have been holding probably a different camera, um, one that would be more recognisable as a camera that I tend to use quite often because in the image I'm holding my my Olympus XA which is a very small pocket-sized camera as um, I'm sure you know um, but you can't really sort of see what it is if you like um, so that was a little bit of a shame never mind um, but I was pleased with the expression on my face and um, it kind of actually came out as I hoped it would um, it's nothing particularly special or exciting or anything but it worked and I did it <laughs> and for me that was the most important thing that I actually went and completed the um, assignment and got something to show for it so that will probably be my one of my new um, headshots at some point you know um, something to put up on my new website when I when I finally get around to to launching that launching that maybe um, for my about page, perhaps. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's that was my experience of creating the um, self-portrait assignment and taking that on. Um, after having had the conversation with staff, gone and actually um, taken the images um, and uh, sort of you know finished the assignment, um, I wanted to also explore it a little bit more from a couple of other perspectives and. Um, kindly, um, Rose Teamby from the RPS, she happened to be coming up to Liverpool um, as, a, as a sort of like visit to come and see me and see the city and, and for us to have a, a proper catch up. Um, we had um, be, uh, worked together at the photography show back in March. Um, I was delivering the demonstrations and she was delivering that fantastic presentation about Anna Atkins. Um, but because of the way that these things go, we actually didn't really get a chance to uh, talk to each other very much. Um, and uh, and so we thought, actually, it would be really nice to arrange for her to come up for, um, you know, for the day trip, um, see Liverpool, and for us to, to have a chat. So I thought, do you know what, this will be a, a great opportunity to, um, to, to have a conversation about self-portrait and self-portraiture from... Uh, an historical perspective because that is um, Rose's area of expertise and it was just wonderful getting a chance to uh, to talk to her about that and find out um, more about her thoughts on it and you know just how how self-portrait was created um, in in the past uh, so how the photographic pioneers uh, approached it and and the sorts of images that they created so um, hopefully that will be appearing next and I hope you enjoy listening to Rose. Um, so I am here today with Rose Teamby, who has very uh, kindly come up to Liverpool to spend the afternoon with me, which is nice. And we are now fed and watered. We've had some nice big pieces of cake. Essential. Some tea. Absolutely essential. We need those yeah, first. Can't function we? without cake. No, totally not. Um, so you might remember Rose, our listeners might remember Rose from um, the piece um, at the NEC uh, at the photographer show back in March this year, uh, which happened to open on Anna Atkins's 220th birthday, funnily enough, on 16th of 
March. And um, Rose um, was my uh, um, my other half on the presentation of uh, delivering some of Anna Atkins's work and celebrating what she does. Um, obviously, I was doing the demonstration, and Rose did the wonderful presentation. And Graham also uh, happened to record your presentation. We were just having a little chat about that and actually how it came across because if audio is not something you've really done before you're not always sure how how it's going to come across mm. um, especially when it's dependent on images as well yes it's very difficult to gauge whether people will get enough of an idea of something without actually mm-hmm. looking at the, the pictures when I'm saying in this picture there is this <laughs> subject and look how wonderful it is yes the challenges of audio um, and uh, with us doing the Sunny 16 podcast and us doing various challenges when Viewers, uh, when viewers, when listeners send in their uh, their photographs, and Graham and I attempt to discuss them and describe them, uh, that's that, it's an interesting way of uh, trying to get across what you're talking about when you're looking at something and actually describing it in words for the listener to be able to visualise it. Um, it's a challenge. Op- <laughs> it is. It really is, and it splits opinion definitely yeah. uh, amongst our listeners. Um, but you know, we uh, we like to do these things to challenge ourselves. Yeah. Um, and actually, as part of um, the uh, reason uh, Rose has come up, obviously, it's been lovely to, for us to have a chance to actually sit and chat because we didn't get time to do that at the NEC. No, working far too hard. Absolutely. Um, but I also thought it would be really interesting to speak to you about um, the assignment, our first assignment that we're doing, which is on self-portraiture um, or self-portrait. And um, I've... Um, spoken to a couple of other people already um, but I wanted to give a really kind of like overview and like rounded um, discussion around the uh, idea of self-portrait and what that means so I thought Rose you'd be the perfect person to uh, to help uh, cover the historical aspects of that and um, talk about it from a photographic pioneers uh, perspective um, maybe that's something you could talk to us about I know that you've been very very keenly swatting <laughs> up on this and I, as I was saying to you you don't have to worry about it's not about hard and fast facts it's about opinions of how you know how it's evolved maybe over the years how did it start um, what were the challenges I suppose for early photographers yeah it's 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 such a it's the kind of thing you only think about when you when you're asked to think about mm. it um, there is uh, there is a definitive Guinness Book of Records first selfie. There is? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and that was very, very early. Okay. Um, if you consider that photography was announced in January 1839, by October um, there was a, an amateur photographer in Philadelphia called Robert Cornelius who took a self-portrait. Huh. Um, it wasn't a studio, it wasn't mm. a fancy lighting, he wasn't looking pristine and Can't polished. hair and makeup? No, very much not. <laughs> and, and I would certainly encourage the listeners to, to look at the picture. It's, it's, um, it's online at the, um, the Library of Congress Fantastic. in America. We might uh, be able to find Very, very accessible. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and it's an original daguerreotype. Ah, um, okay. The uh, process developed by Louis-Jacques Mande Daguerre. And what Robert Cornelius did was... It's a classic selfie. Mm. He took it himself, of himself, Mm -hmm. um, and bearing in mind the exposure times in those days would have been in in minutes. It's actually quite sharp, Mm. um, and if he was taking it himself, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't actually know how he managed it because yeah. the studio portraits would have been taken with um, a head clamp okay, to yes. keep the, the sitter completely still for the, mm. the necessary length of time. I actually had my portrait done recently um, by another process, wet collodion process, mm. um, by the wonderful John Brewer from yes. Manchester. Yes. And uh, I had my head in a clamp, mm-hmm. and he told me it was only for 20 seconds. Pretty and sure. I was allowed to breathe and blink, <laughs> but nothing else. So uh, if you're talking minutes, mm. I, I, I really don't know how, yeah. how it was managed at all. Being so sharp as well. And, um, is it... Um, was it an indoor or an external outdoor. portrait? Outdoor yeah, portrait. Yeah. Okay. Purely for the, the amount of light that you yes. need. You, could, yeah. you couldn't possibly do it indoors. Um, as emulsions got more sensitive mm-hmm. and, and cameras got more um, accurate, the, the, the exposure times could, could mm-hmm. start to come down feasible into, into uh, you know, a short enough exposure time to do a feasible yeah. portrait as a yeah. commercial entity. Yes. Um, but even then, it, you were into 1841 by the time mm-hmm. Richard Beard set his studio up in London. Uh, was that the first studio? That was the first studio, studio in, in, in England, yeah. Okay. But uh, there was an awful lot going on behind the scenes in between 39 mm. and 41. Those two years. Yeah. It was just, you know, a roller coaster ride of photographic. Well, you know, you know the, happening. The, the one thing that people wanted from day one mm. was to be able to do a portrait. Yeah. They were very expensive to do um, commissioning an artist, mm-hmm. miniatures were the thing to have. Yeah. And. Well, that's how we had portraits before yeah, before photography. Exactly. It was it was painted by an artist, wasn't yeah, it? That's yeah. the only way that we would know what somebody looked like. Yeah, and even then, you know, you have your bias, you absolutely. have uh, absolutely your your artistic license, yep. and I'm sure a lot of people must have had uh, an artistic version of themselves, mm-hmm. and then a photographic version of themselves, and there would be a huge difference. The Instagram filter of the day. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I often wonder about Queen Victoria (laughs) and how flattered she was by artists. Mm. And then poor old photographers came along and (laughs) (laughs) Photoshop wasn't quite what it is now. No, exactly. It was a very different part of the process, wasn't it, to do it at that point? Yeah, but, you know, Mm. that's a... So right from the beginning, Mm. there there Mm. is a a proven selfie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There was... uh, uh, a daguerreotype that isn't actually in existence anymore, but uh, it was photographed before it was um, damaged. Um, of uh, the first lady to be photographed. Oh right, who was um, that? That was Dorothy Draper. Okay. Who was the daughter of William Draper, um, who was at New New York University, and uh, he also had the accolade of being the first person to photograph the moon huh? by daguerreotype right. in 1840. Oh wow. Um, so it, it's, it, it's, it's a beautiful picture. Yeah. Uh, you, you can Google it, it's just Dorothy sure. Draper. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, she would have had to sit still for mm. a very long time. And I think that was done as a, as a real proper studio portrait. Was that a daguerreotype as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So the, yeah. pretty much till um, uh, most of them were daguerreotype mm. up until about 1841 ish. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Simultaneously, you've got Louis-Jacques-Mandé de Guerre announcing his daguerreotype process and at the same time William Henry Fox Talbot announcing his completely different process, Mm. which was a a daguerreotype was um, a single 
uh, it was actually a, like a metal plate, mm. and it, it was a complete one-off. Everything mm. was unique. There's no negative, obviously. No, it's it, just it a couldn't be reproduced piece. unless yes. it was re-photographed. Yeah. But Talbot's uh, process was reproducible, mm. um, which made his version the version that we have today as yes. an analogue photographer. Yeah, yeah. But um, not very portrait friendly for a long time. Mm. So if they wanted really sharp accuracy and the exposure times were, were going down and down, you definitely went for a daguerreotype. Mm, mm. But uh, Calotype, which was William um, Henry Fox Talbot's invention in 1840, uh, did become feasible right. at, at some point. And his wife was his muse. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, again, you know, one of the first pictures... Uh, probably the first portrait ever taken by this process was of his wife. Mm. And it's an absolutely beautiful photo. Um, I think it's held by the Victoria and Albert Museum. And uh, So it was is, that taken by him of her? It was taken okay. by him. And he... I've, I've referred to this before mm. as, as a, a labour of love mm -hmm. because it, it was, um, I believe, about 30-second exposure. Mm. And... It was done indoors, but it was in very, very bright light yeah. beside a window. By the window, I imagine, yes. Um, so There's big, beautiful windows. That's yes. what you need. Isn't yes. It? And, and he had plenty of those mm -hmm. in his house, mm -hmm. um, which was Lake Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what he did was he, he put a blue filter over the, the windows ah. to maximise the, the light that would react with the chemicals. Right. Which is act like actinic yeah. light. Yeah. Um, and minimise the discomfort that she would have had huh. because she had to keep her eyes open. She had to sp almost In stare into bright sunshine, sunshine yes. which uh, you know has actually really damaged people's eyesight mm. as a mm. sitter, mm. just having their portrait taken. Um, but it is a really beautiful mm. picture, mm. Um, and you know you can argue that Constance herself was a photographer. She mm -hmm. did. She is known to have taken photos herself. I think this is one we were going to talk about, wasn't mm. it? Because obviously that's somebody taking a portrait of somebody else. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to see how that process evolves. Yeah. Um, but then you did mention before that, you know, it would be lovely to highlight the fact that she also potentially created her own self-portrait. Yeah, yeah. Arguably, it could be a self-portrait because if you're... If you're setting it up, if you're creating the the framing, if you're organising the lighting, if you're deciding on how, on you know, if you're coating the tin or whatever it's being created on the medium itself, mm. if you're doing all of those processes, does that make you the photographer? I think I would say it does make you the photographer. And then if you sit in, perhaps it's just somebody because you know they weren't they wouldn't have like um release cables or anything like that of no. course at that point but you're the person who is creating that image and then you're in that image mm. i feel that that's a self-portrait i don't know what do you think yeah, well it's kind of back to the um the, the, the monkey selfie you mm -hmm. know it, who, who owns the copyright of that photo sure. if you if you go back to the beginnings of photography it, it is a very very interesting question um to facilitate a portrait and then just literally somebody else takes their uh, lens cap off and yes. puts it back on again you know a servant could have done that yes. anybody could have done that mm. but um, it's 
it's very much control of the environment, control mm-hmm. of the equipment, making it possible. Mm-hmm. And I think also in a funny kind of way, it was almost easier to do a selfie in those days because the exposure times were so long. Mm-hmm. You could set it all up. In, this is in theory. Mm-hmm. Um, you could set it all up and go and sit mm-hmm. in the, the seat um, for a couple of minutes and then go back to the camera and it wouldn't have picked up any yeah. of the blur yeah. of, of movement. Exactly. So, like pinhole. Yeah, course. exactly. Yeah. So like I really love the idea of like pinhole portraits and mm. self portraiture because that is you know, it's something that you can almost be doing other things whilst that is being created. Mm. Like you say, you know, you could literally take the lens cap off, sit in position you know, go back, put the lens cap back on, and there you go, actual self-portrait done. And, uh, yeah, I, um, I've hardly ever really taken um, self-portraits. It's not just not something that I've really done. Mm. Some photographers really focus on that. That's what they, you know, base everything that they create on. Um, I did have a go at a couple of pinhole self-portraits just because... I was literally there. I was the only thing really like take a photo of at the time, and I was really excited because I got this new pinhole camera. So I set it up in Mark's Spencer, <laughs> and uh, uh, and basically ate my lunch. And I just had it sitting on the side. And then when I processed it, Gosh. there I was sitting eating my Mark's Spencer lunch. Good grief. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the like self portraits that I that I have done. But yeah. yeah, absolutely, it would work in the same way, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, I, I often wonder about the Robert Cornelius picture mm. that. It's, um, again, you're having to describe the picture. It's a lot easier if you could say, look at the picture. We'll put the links in, don't worry. But the look on his face, I think, is one of trying to to work out, has he done a long enough exposure? (laughs) He's he's kind of not looking directly at the cat. He's sort of looking slightly to the side. He's checking the watch. Yeah. Checking the clock on the wall. I I think he is. I mean, there's no... I I couldn't... This is pure speculation. But if I were doing that... Mm -hmm. I would definitely have one eye on the clock. Yeah. Um, I think it may have been one of many mm. in, in effect, being a test Could exposure. Could do a series, yeah. The, yeah. I don't, I'm not aware of any others that, are, yeah. that exist, but certainly if you have s- such a new technology mm. and there is no kind of definitive guidebook mm. in his particular circumstances with his particular equipment, it would, a lot of it, be trial and error. Yeah, so, experimentation, you know, isn't it? Perhaps he wanted to take pictures of his family mm. and needed to practice on himself first. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I worked as a professional photographer specialising in portraits, and the only pictures of me are of when I've sat in somebody's seat before they've arrived to try and make out, you know, is this angle right? You know, yeah. Is this going to highlight the right thing? Yeah. Um, and they're dreadful pictures, but it sorted the lighting out. Yes. So yeah. that they didn't have to yeah. sit there and have you know be gave, fussed over. Gave you the positioning and, and what have you. Yeah. That's one of the obviously one of the main cha- challenges that I had um, doing my my self portrait was because obviously I'm not really used to that. I'm used to you know pointing a camera at somebody yeah, or exactly. at, a, at a scene and going okay. In terms of framing and composition, that's where I want everything. Brilliant. But you can't do that if you're the other side. Yeah. Like, well, you can sort of like set it up as a vague idea, mm. but you can't 
you can't necessarily stand in exactly the same place and in exactly the same way that you want. And in terms of um, depth from yourself to the camera, where you're positioning other things around you, I found that um, there was a difficulty when I look back at the images I'd taken. Like I have my flask in one of them, you know, my flask of tea, yeah. and uh, and I've, I've got it, and it's just right in front of my leg, so it looks like half of my leg and then half of the flask. <laughs> Whereas, you know, if if I had been behind the camera. I would have absolutely, without even thinking about it, I would have yeah. obviously just gone, oh, that's not quite right. I just need to slightly move it by half a foot this yeah. way yeah. so that I don't look like I've got a flask for a leg. Yeah. But yeah. because I've not really done that before and it was like way out of my comfort zone, I'd, I'd not really practised or had a chance to do that. So mm. actually having stand-in really does help because it gives you that sense of ah okay positioning Mm -hmm. um and it's yeah it's interesting seeing the like series of images i did get one that i am happy with and that's going to be my self-portrait from this lovely assignment i can't wait to see um uh, it's it's nothing very exciting but i am pleased that it came out and i've learned loads from doing this and i think that's the main thing really um i think another problem that you have mm -hmm. potentially is and i did this myself uh, i had somebody coming around and I knew I was very limited in time that I would have with them. So I, I did all the focusing up, mm-hmm. I got everything arranged, and, and I did some, some test shots with, uh, with an empty chair. Mm-hmm. But never made any allowance for the fact that there's going to be someone sat in that chair <laughs> who is slightly further in front of the camera, yeah. uh, nearer the camera. Mm-hmm. So the focusing was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, luckily it was autofocus, but yeah. you know that that could have been a really major problem. And they wouldn't have had that either, would they? No. Originally, the, yeah. those pioneers, they would not have. Well, there's a there's a hilarious story of a, of a chap because people didn't understand what was happening to them. As this isn't a self portrait, but this is the how much we take the whole thing for granted. If you go back to the the funny stories at the beginning where people didn't understand what was happening and they had all sorts of you know, mystical ideas. About but photography the, in general. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and about having your soul stolen by yep. the camera and all that. But uh, there, there was one instance of um, a lady who was having a photo taken and the photographer assumed that the lady knew what was going to happen and he said, you know, you basically need to sit here, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go off and do other things because the exposure is going to be so long, you just need to, yeah. to stay here. And I'll come back in a few minutes. Okay. And um, he probably didn't want to distract her or make her move her head by conversation or whatever, so he, he just left her alone. Mm. And a few minutes later, came back, and um, she was sat there. Mm-hmm. Know, everything was fine. But when he developed the, the picture, there was nothing there. Oh. At all. Oh. Uh, and he... <laughs> He said, you know, what, how come, how, how is the chair empty? And she said, well, I just got up and walked around. I was a bit bored. <laughs> she didn't understand that she had to sit there. <laughs> so, That's so good. Yeah, but, you know, we, we, we were just... It's just the chair. Yeah, Brilliant. It, it's just ridiculous to even think of that. But, but well, she if, didn't know. If you don't know, you don't know. So there we go. That was uh, the chat that I got to have with Rose Teamby um, when she came up to Liverpool. And it was just wonderful to have the opportunity to to speak to her. Um, alongside my conversations with Steph and with Rose, um, I also 
uh, had a, a lovely email from Hilary um, Clark, who had got in touch to say, oh, you know, you mentioned about the fact that you were nervous about taking on the challenge and uh, um, would, you know, if, if anybody wanted to kind of like do this alongside you to get in touch well I'm being really brave and let's let's have a go basically so she came over um to Liverpool and we spent a lovely day together um and actually managed to get um some portraits created for Hillary as well so um as we were going through the process I recorded um our sort of discussion and a bit of general background um uh, of us actually you know going through the process and um and help and help helping get her set up so that she could create the self-portraits that she wanted to and i'm so pleased to say that she did actually manage to do that um on the day itself and we also so we uh she chose the camera she decided on the setup um she got the setup going um it was just incredible to watch because she really got into a flow with get, getting these images taken and blasted through the role it was it was just brilliant um seeing her process and how she kind of like worked through that uh, and came out the other end sort of with this beautiful big smile on her face because i think it was just a really lovely uh chance for us to uh, be creative um and uh, and for her to to take on something that I think like myself, you know, we both um, weren't particularly confident with it. We both struggled with it a little bit. And uh, it was just brilliant to see her coming out the other side with some fantastic images that she'd processed by hand as well. So um, here's the audio from our day creating Hillary's self-portrait. Right, so Hilary, tell me a little bit about what you've brought. This is very exciting. We've got a whole range of cameras. We have, yeah. I've when I thought about this self-portrait, I thought I don't even have a film that has a camera that's got a self timer on it. So I started <laughs> to look, and of course, yes, I do. But you don't really think about I that. Never I never use do. it. So yeah. Um, yeah. So I've got the the more modern ones mm -hmm. that are the the Lomo Instant Square, which of course mm -hmm. has a Self timer, double exposure. Brilliant. Uh, I've got the Spectra, Polaroid Spectra, which Fantastic. on the back does have the little clock symbol. Oh, yes. Self timer. Ooh. Um, I don't have a great deal of Spectra film at the moment, so that might not be an option. <laughs> um, this is. Is it a sure shot of some description? Mm, I don't think. It's Canon. I don't know. I'm not okay. very good on, on makes, but it's a Canon ML. Um, AF thirty five ML. Ah, and it nice. costs five pounds. Yay! I love these, and they sound so good as well. It's yes. like a proper. But it it's on. got a little dial on the back, that's which is nice. battery check off on and self timer. Ah, uh, see, mine didn't. Um, that's that's really cool. So yeah, you've definitely so got some is, options there. There is a self timer on there. Does it just take a like a, a normal AA battery in that? Um, yes, I don't think I've got a battery in it. Don't worry, I'm sure I can find some if we need it. Takes it takes two. Okay, we'll no, we can figure that out. Um, this is an old one of my dad's that I've never used. It's a Ricoh, mm -hmm. um, 500ME, and it does have somewhere a self timer, and I can't remember. That is a cute little camera. Is it on the Let's have a quick look. You. You have Let's a have a look. look. Oh, that is a really cute little camera, that, isn't it? I've never held one of these before. That's really sweet. 
it looks like he he used this one oh, well. I, I, yeah. I had to take the um the tape off it before I could bring it. He, he's, oh, he's, is it the back? It, well, no, he, he, he's got a lens cap and he always used to tape mm. a white cross on the lens cap oh. so that when he was taking photos of people yeah. and they'd say, what's that white cross ah, on your lens cap? Oh, my gosh, Thank that's you. such a good idea. I've never <laughs> even thought of that. Take off the lens cap. Oh, here we go. It'll be this little lever um, down there. So is a film in this one? No. Should we have a quick go? I think there is a... So you set it, you basically push the lever down that way, press that, and then hopefully, there we go, that'll be a take that's, on the shot. That's quite a nice one. Yeah. Long so well. that's another thing to, to consider, because obviously the one that I've, I've taken, um, I used both my Olympus XA and my um, OM1, um, and the um, OM1 has quite a nice long timer. It's very similar to this in that it's like a little, oh, hello, Marcy. You can hear, probably hear the dog coming in as well. Um, but yeah, so you want to push it all the way around so it's got enough time uh, and it means that at least you'll get a chance that, to. That seems like you know, a, good, a good try. And of course, I didn't realise that my Cheap Shot Challenge camera, uh -huh. the Voigtlander Vito Vito B, B, yeah, these, there's Three settings on the side, which are marked like okay. traffic lights in the wrong order, but the, the green V, yeah. the red X, and a yellow M, and the green V is a self-timer. So you've got your manual, um, obviously, there. Yeah. Um, and the I green think the V X is, is your... flash. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the, the green V is, is a self-timer. It's a self-timer. Brilliant. I don't know. No, I haven't got... I haven't got... No, I haven't got to film it, so I don't okay. think it will work with that. So, ah, but that's cool. Good that's to know. That's another option. Excellent. Wow. So fabulous. And and unfortunately, we have this one which we've brought. He Pentax. Yeah, that, I don't it? think that has a self timer, and I've brought it. So Rachel can help me out because I've jammed it. I think, I think it's actually done something similar to what my S one A did, which is um the the mirror is kind of like locked up. So we will get it into a dark bag and we'll open it up and we'll see if we can uh, sort that out. But yeah. So I have got the option okay. of Fantastic. instant, yeah, um, instant square, instant, instant square, Polaroid, instant spectra, which is spectrum one, yeah, and then three three thirty five mil ones. Possibilities of three thirty five mm. mil. So yeah, the options are there. I have a tripod. Excellent. Um, yes, essential, essential, essential. Really. Well, that's the thing because we've um, we've just been having a little chat. Hillary's come round today. I'm just going to move this over here. One second. There we go. Sit down. Marcy's come in. Dog's come in. She's boiling outside because it's absolutely roasting today, and she's wearing a big fur coat. Um, so yeah, Hillary's come over um, to see me, which is lovely, and brought her fantastic selection of cameras as she always does. She always amazed me with all these cameras that turn. It really is, isn't it? Um, uh, you didn't bring your dad's old court plate though this time. Not this time. It's beautiful. But yeah, so we've just been having a little uh, a little chat about self-portraiture in general. And we, we started listening back to the interview that I've done with Steph, who is the art teacher, Steph Plexer. Um, because I think Hilary, maybe yourself and myself, we're both quite um, nervous about the idea of self-portrait. And it can be quite a, a challenge for us um, in terms of confidence. So uh, um, she very kindly sent me a message to say... Um, if you need somebody to kind of like hold your hand and spot you, <laughs> uh, like going up this mountain, um, then it would give me a chance to uh, to sort of like for us to both talk it through together, I think. 
Yes, um, absolutely. Rachel is kind of helping me get over my fear of um, self-portraiture. I don't know what's getting over me, over my fear of talking on a podcast. Now, but, <laughs> oh, I come that one. Absolutely. Well, there's cake, there's tea. There's cake. There's cake and tea. Um, so, so that's all good. And um, yeah, we're just going to record it on my phone um, so that it's very similar to what we recorded with Steph. Although this time no tractors going past. Um, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, we had a bee which literally like, cut through our conversation. I, I, I listened back and I could hear it. <laughs> go through so uh yeah the bees were the bees were out in force yeah um but yeah so we've uh, actually hillary you very kindly sent me over uh this as some uh potential inspiration which was a, a link that you'd found um so how did you how did you come across this was this from when you just first were starting to think about ideas uh, yes yeah i was i wanted some inspiration to see what other people had done with self-portraits i i it's not a genre that I do at all I, I would be very it would be difficult to choose if I do just a, a very basic photograph of myself or if I go completely crazy and do a staged one mm. or even quite a bold um paired back this is basically me you know to mm. take me or leave me this is it <laughs> depending how brave I'm feeling so I think I just literally searched um how to take a self-portrait mm-hmm. and this particular website, um, it sounds a bit clickbaity. It says 100 seriously cool self-portraits and tips to shoot your own. But there are 100 self-portraits that yeah. are actually yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, There's a selection as well, isn't there? Because I think, it's, as we were sort of saying, you know, the principles are pretty similar. You know, I d- this isn't specifically a film-based one, but there are a few shots that have clearly been shot mm. on, uh, taken on film cameras, analog cameras. Um, and in terms of the like advice and things, um, reading reading back through this because obviously I I have actually taken taken my uh, my self portrait now, and we've been looking through through those as well. Um, but things like number one, bring something to focus on, is absolutely you know a, a fantastic first tip because. Um, when I was shooting mine, I um, I happened to, well, I was feeling really pumped up after I'd, I'd spoken to Steph and I thought, actually, maybe I just need to do it now and stop overthinking this and getting in my head again and I'll get back home and then and then I won't do it again or I'll put it off. So I ended up just sort of shooting it there and then, which actually worked out to be the, the, the best thing. But in terms of bringing something to focus on, Obviously, I didn't really have anything, so I was like, Steph, you're going to have to stand in. So I used somebody else as my model. We're quite a similar height. I mean, in terms of height, obviously, that's not a huge issue. It's more about distance, of course, mm. um, in terms of your focal depth uh, and what have you, um, and your depth of field and your focal plane. So um, so it was great to have actually just somebody who I could sort of stand in who was a similar similar height and what have you. Um, but this number tip, uh, sorry, tip number one on here, it was saying um, I was I was in the yard, so I, uh, I went and got my shovel and stuck it in the ground and then used that to yeah. focus on. Yeah. So I think it is actually, it's probably really good because straight away I'm thinking, yeah, this is this is problem solving. This is what we do, right? As especially as analog photographers, I think it's it kind of can challenge us and actually make us think about other things um, to consider. Um, 
it's saying try standing by a corner um that actually rather than standing sort of in front of a wall if you have a corner you can stand next to it and then that will give you a a focal plane if you haven't got a spade for example um that you can you have something that you can focus on Uh, so focus on the corner stand next to it which um which should probably work really well um obviously as i say this one's talking about um it being digital assuming it's digital so it's talking about using you know auto and manual focus and things but again maybe that's that's something to to think about number four was set the timer high so that's great hillary because you've actually brought a whole selection of cameras with different um varieties of of timer i think this rico has a nice long one it does seem to doesn't it um which some of them it's like you basically press it and you've got two seconds so you have to like run into your shot like because <laughs> you don't want to be it will be quite um, yeah. challenging with that one because i've never used it okay but never, never even put a film through it so. ah okay mm, we shall see we shall see we shall see um and uh and yeah and then we've got like a just a really nice kind of like selection of of different portraits and again very different approaches uh which were ones that you saw when you looked through this that you you liked best the one that particularly stood out was um, the violinist. And okay. it's taken from below, and it doesn't actually show the violinist's face, but the, it shows the, the violin with the arm mm. and the bow. Yes. Um, and it's taken from underneath the body of the violin. So you've got the, the arc of the, the arm and the diagonal of the bow, mm-hmm. and it, it sums up exactly what it's meant to do. It's a violinist, mm. um, and it is a self-portrait because that's that's the whole character of the person. Yeah. But it doesn't show the face, and it's just very dramatic. It is. It's a black and white image as well, which I think really mm. it definitely lends itself to that this kind of composition. And actually, when I was looking at this, it reminded me a lot of your work as well already, Hilary, because you know seeing what you submit to things like the Cheap Shots Challenge and what have you, and we were looking at the beautiful um shots you'd done for that uh and then it was very kind of like weighted in corners and you've Mm. got um kind of like balancing lines and all sorts of really interesting kind of quite abstract stuff going on i suppose as well um it just really reminded me of that except this one is uh looks like 35 mil and um we were talking weren't we about how you kind of have really fallen in love with the square format yes yeah i think it's 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 both practical and um uh, sort of aesthetic reasons as well. Mm. Um, I, I did an exhibition. Uh, I helped a friend with an exhibition. It wasn't mine. She, she's a textile artist, and I took photos of her beautiful jackets and the textiles that she'd made. Oh, and then these, I blew them up and then used them as part of her exhibition. And to get them framed, um, I was just in such a, a quandary because all the frames I could, I was trying to do it on the cheap, to be honest. Mm. And so I was wandering into the range and finding yep. these um, A4 or 10 by 8 mm-hmm. or 7 by 5 and then <laughs> trying to fit my photographs into that, I was having to crop fairly arbitrarily. So yeah. I realised that if I just did square, it was it really easy. <laughs> it's a simple life, right? <laughs> yes, anything for a simple life. And I, I think when I started putting work on Instagram as well, it was because I only accepted square to start with. It, mm. it was it was just easy. Yeah. Um, and I think I've, I've my eyes become more more square. Yeah, than the, yeah. Than, than by the portrait on landscape now. Um, I I've never done any with a um a round mask, but I always love how they look when people share mm. um their work. I think it sort of 
um, for me, the round kind of um, framing sums up um, kind of the traditional um, birds of paradise, you know, on, on yeah. leaves and things like that, that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. The, the Polaroid round frames are yeah, beautiful. When gorgeous. Did those. Never had a go. Did you try those? Um, a few of the, I think it was the Impossible film that I had the um, I didn't. I didn't get any amazing results. I mm. know my friend Ruth, Ruth Story, has mm-hmm. got wonderful pictures on, on round frames. Yeah, gorgeous. I love what yeah. done with that. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, and it's funny, isn't it, like how actually maybe as you were saying you know maybe my eyes are a bit more square now it's it's started to perhaps become more your visual style that you I don't know whether that's consciously or subconsciously but um maybe that's maybe that's just something um that you're more drawn to Mm -hmm. at the moment and these things change as well don't they over time um so even if we're shooting on 35 mil you may well crop it like like you did previously um and yeah and absolutely you know I think we're quite similar in that it doesn't matter crop it if it makes it a stronger image and it makes it better yes. you know yeah, what's the point in you know making it a weaker it's image it's all about the final image for me i'm not yeah i'm not bothered about mm. being pure to the the aspect yeah. um this next one actually just down from the the one of the the violinist um we were mentioning before weren't we i, I looked at this i was like this is really like to me i think this is really cool it's very weird and dramatic um and there's clearly been a lot of time spent yes. setting this up um and I think partly for me, um, approaching um, self-portraiture, one of my worries um, or my things that I was most nervous about with it was the fact that it felt like you had to always set everything up because it is by its nature staged, isn't it? Mm. If you're doing a self-portrait. Well, it, yes, it's bound to be, isn't it? And I think mm. that's part of my reluctance, not reluctance, but mm-hmm. reticence maybe. I, I prefer for me to take candid photos mm-hmm. I've not keen n- never been keen on posed photos I mean there's some beautiful ones out there um but I don't seem to be able to to do them and so asking asking myself to pose <laughs> is, is just as challenging as asking somebody else to pose um, I can't get a candid photo of myself yep. obviously so it's got to be posed yeah but like the one we're just talking about it's um it's a very creepy old toys and a, a sepia colors and fireplace and the, the Looks like a props. There's all sorts props, of props, isn't there? Somebody looking through a magnifying glass, so the eye is huge. And yeah, there's a lot of work and time gone into that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we just don't have the time, Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for this challenge. Yeah. No. Well, it, you know, sometimes it is just about going. That I mean, that's lovely and like perhaps aspirationally something like that. I would, I would really like to be able to create that. Um, I think. Maybe that's further down the line. That's further down the line, exactly. Yes, we'll try not to run before we can walk. (laughs) We'll start with a a simple um, self-portrait and uh, and then we'll we'll see how things go from there. I think that seems like a sensible approach. I think so. So, so yes, so this is all feeling like quite out of your comfort zone, you said. I think so. I I, I think it's it's a childhood thing. I've talked before about my dad being a very, very keen photographer, but... As a child, I hated having my photograph taken and I was a constant embarrassment to him really because the photographs of my childhood are me either crying or my back (laughs) to the camera or squinting into the sunshine because it was very much stand there. I want the sun behind my back. You you stand there and I I could barely see. I was blinded by the sun. I just hated the whole experience of having the camera just on me. Mm. It's just, no, I don't like it. Yeah. Take somebody else, not me. Um, and that's just carried on. Yeah. Um, um, 
Do you mind if I ask, do you have siblings? No. No, see, I no. don't either. No. Only child, so it, maybe, I don't know, right? Okay, I, we're going I into psychology so. yes, here, but, no, I, I, but... I did think this would be you, Rachel's couch, and sit down and yeah, I, know, I literally do have my couch here as well, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, I, I want to do a self-portrait on that couch, actually, that'd be good. Um, but, yeah, maybe, maybe it is, I because think, think it is. if you're the focus of it... it I, I, I was very conscious of having a big responsibility as an only child yeah that all the attention was on me they just worried about me the whole time and, yeah. you know there was nobody else to yeah to, to deflect the, the the laser beam of parental the focus I mean, they, they were lovely yeah. i'm not don't get me wrong it yeah was, I, I had an idyllic childhood but it was very very controlled and very okay. um, yeah secure yes yeah very which secure. which is obviously it's you lovely. know a lovely thing yes um but yeah. You know, we take all of these experiences on board, don't we? And in some ways, maybe there's a, you know, maybe that is perhaps why we find it kind of difficult, mm. a little bit, a little bit more difficult. Um, okay. Just because there's nobody else to kind of like share that stage with. No. Um, you know, bit I, I, playing. I had nothing to model. You know, yeah. I, I, I couldn't look at anybody and say, oh, it's actually okay. This is a safe environment. You know, yeah. Things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Just have your photograph taken. So yeah. There were no examples to follow. Yeah. So we'll make sure that you're not being blinded by the sun today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> even though it was very sunny yeah, outside. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I hadn't even really thought about that. So that's interesting because that's just from our conversation um, that that's come up. Um, but yeah, so it's. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Like that whole idea of, of self-portraiture. And um, another thing for me, I don't know how you feel about this, Hilary, is that just, that, God, it just seems like there's so like self-portraiture is everywhere. Selfies, you know, like, oh, you, you yes. drown in there yes. on social media. Yeah. And it's like, I can't be a bothered. I know, yeah. right. Yeah. But, That's the point of this one. Yeah. But we have done it throughout time you know like because we are the model aren't we you know we're the most immediate most readily accessible model so from an art perspective as Steph was saying um you know that that means that you're always there and it's easy to kind of like get out a a mirror and get out your pad of paper and and draw from that so when you're practicing as an artist that gives you that opportunity um it, it seems to be slightly different with photography but everybody from like you know Van Gogh to Ansel Adams has done mm-hmm. you know self-portraiture at some point and um and yeah I, I suppose it's just when you're very used to being kind of behind the camera rather than the subject maybe that's where it comes from but yeah in- interesting to see so uh having seen um all these different examples of varying quality on different mediums and things and uh, and got brought along a lovely section today. Um, and having heard a little bit of what I was discussing with Steph, how are you feeling about it now? Are you still as nervous or are you feeling like it's something we can tackle? I think it's something I can tackle. I think mm-hmm. I, I'd like to be able to do it, to be able to take a portrait, a portrait of myself. Mm-hmm. Because when I was talking to, to Meredith about it as well, she feels the same way. And she said it, it, it stops her taking pictures of people mm-hmm. because she projects her own kind of insecurities onto somebody else and if I don't like having my photo taken why should I inflict this on somebody else but mm. of course other people don't don't think like this so I think it, it's it's out of my comfort zone but I'm quite happy to to try it to give it a go um a bit daunted by the actual technical part of it as well the logistics of getting it all set up and mm. um because of time constraints I probably won't have time to do a more than one film so I've got to get it right 
Okay. And then, because I will send it away to be developed and then to wait for it to come back. So. Are you thinking you choose colour or black and white? I don't know. Because if you do it black and white, you could always process it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but I'm not, obviously, you know, send it off or uh, it's middle of the week. We could take it up to Max Spielman. You could always mm. put it through there. So there's some options. Yeah. So um, anyway, try not to feel too constrained by that. But see see how things go. You I might only I, want to shoot one last the, the instance mm-hmm. um, as a kind of test. Mm-hmm. Though, again, I don't have any current... I don't currently have any square film. Okay. And I think I've got one pack of expired spectrus that might not be... That might not be the best thing to try it on. Um, I think I think what well, whatever I do, I'd, I'd probably try with the digital just to okay face, maybe to get just a few shots in just to check out the lighting and yeah out. yeah I, I don't want to take a whole film and then find I'm completely underexposed. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that sounds good. Oh, that's definitely something we can do. Um, and you know, I don't know if do any of these have light meters in. Like if we were if we were for example looking at the uh, the little Rico, I don't know if it's got a light meter in. Um, let's have a quick look and see. Oh, I don't think so. It I've... does have it does have a thing on the side which does give us some indication of f stop, but I'm not sure how. So so yeah, so maybe as a sort of oh that the, sounded good. That's, that's the pop up flash on this scanner. <laughs> but yeah, maybe as a starting point, we could try with um, with digital, or you can use the light meter in my um, mm. OM one. I've got I have a light meter app on my phone. Fantastic. I use that all the time. So good. Very useful, aren't they? That, it's, it's made me, re- even just a quick look at things and thinking about it seriously, mm-hmm. it's made me realise it's it's not that daunting. I should, yeah. I should be able to come up with something. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have done, quite a few years ago, I, I, I did a self-portrait, but that was... It was for a challenge, and it was I, I got to make a artist to, to make me up very heavily with very pale makeup, and then write. It was supposed to be an anxiety or fear um, theme, and she wrote fear and anxiety on my face. Wow! Um, I mean, that was I mean, so that, far out of my comfort zone. Not kidding. Gosh, I, I mean, I'm just thinking of you know when you say that, I'm like my heart's going, and I'm like <laughs> flipping neck. Blimey, Hillary, if you did that, this is a walk, a walk in the park, in the park right? And a piece of cake. <laughs> Ginger cake. Yay. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Um the and again that's much more stage. I don't know if that's the sort of thing you were thinking of doing. No, I think no, <clears throat> I think I'll leave that while I feel like okay. I've done that one. You're going quite simple yeah. with this, is that what you're thinking? Or again, I don't I don't know whether to keep it simple mm-hmm. or to try to try and do something a bit more adventurous, something something a bit more what kind of adventurous do we think like the lighting or the props or yeah maybe dressing up or okay Ooh. i mean it, it's claire marie bailey that's right gorgeous she does beautiful with, work with wigs and i'm maybe yeah. not that advanced but <laughs> some kind of headdress yeah, we can sure we can find some hats or you know something yeah something that I, perhaps it's just my insecurities again saying why would people want to just look at a plain photograph of me people mm-hmm. know what i look mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Which, which is why i don't take selfies people know what i look like um, so maybe the, I feel deep down there has to be more of a point to it yeah. for me. But. I was going to say, I don't think that that's necessarily no, the point, no, is it? No, like, I, I guess the is. point, kind of, you know, I'm just reflecting again on um, what Stefan, uh, what Javier and I were talking about the other day, that it's about... Um, oh, hello. It's a message, it's all right. <laughs> um, that it's more about telling a story, right? 
with that a, a little bit about who you are yes and being able yes. to project that visually in some way um so uh, i'm sure i'll i'll um come on to talk about mine as well in a little bit but um mine is super simple obviously you've, you've had a little look at it yeah. now um but i still feel like there's at least a little bit of me mm-hmm. in that oh, it's, it's a really lovely um, portrait and and yeah so you know given given different time constraints or you know all the rest of it I probably would approach it differently and and if I were to do it again I would approach it differently but actually just just going for it I think for me I just needed to do it and just get it out Mm. and out the way and kind of be like oh thank god big sigh of relief tick that one off um you know and, and get it done so you know there's some some possibilities today um you know if you if you'd obviously brought some fantastic cameras we've got uh, access to you know some black and white chemicals and things if you wanted to process um it's really good idea. go out and shoot today you could try some things out um uh or you know i don't know if you brought your ball gown with you hillary but um, um no, not this time. <laughs> i have i have it's some old wedding dresses oh gosh yeah absolutely yeah. but yeah we could we could try a few things out depends on again i don't know if you already have some ideas as to the setting that you're looking for are you thinking outdoor oh, indoor open to suggestion absolutely okay. no idea mm. i think I, this is why I, I i do like a challenge yeah because it, it makes me focus and mm. I, I know give me a blank sheet of paper and i'll, I'll draw a grid on it and mm. then fill it in i know that um so i'm not very good with just choose anything you yep. want i just yep. go ah no don't want to do it. <laughs> rub it in the headlights yeah so i do like it narrowing down a little mm. bit mm. but um self-portrait is not quite narrow enough yet okay <laughs> needs, okay need some more constraints yeah. to be clear i mean the one that you showed me that you or that you talked about that you liked the violinist mm. and then there was the other one of the guy on the floor yeah down. yeah both of those the, were black and white both the tiled, of them a tiled checkerboard floor yeah both were black and white. Both had uh, a lot of contrast in the image. Um, were quite abstract. Had a lot of, you know, that kind of thing. So maybe it seems like naturally you're drawn to yes, that kind yeah, of thing. I think black and white would be good. So that's a potential and contrasty one. You know, we've got some flaws. So you know, if you yes, if you want, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, we could go and have. A, I tell you what, let's have a little break there. Yeah, cup of tea, I think. Um, maybe have a little look around the house and see if there's any spaces here that you'd like to use. Yeah. And if not, we could pop outside. Yes, sounds like a plan. I've never kind of gone. Oh, there's a mirror, and I've got my camera. I must. Ta- I must there's, take a photo. There's so many bathroom selfies. Is yeah. That, that's the thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, why would you take it? <laughs> okay, is that just me? <laughs> no, oh, it's, it's just me and you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm like, really? Of all the places, I suppose the only, the good thing is, you know, what we do can only be better than the bathroom, <laughs> well, being be in the bathroom, right? Yeah. It'll be different, yeah. Different. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but I, there's the shop windows as, as well, mm. to, but I can't, no, I, I still, I think if I'm going to do a self-portrait as a theme, and I'm, I'm challenging myself to do a self-portrait, I should, I should learn how to use it, how to do it properly with a tripod and, mm. and a timer, and I, at least I can, I can say I've, I've expanded my own knowledge rather than just yep. pointing it to, to reflection. You've upskilled. Yeah. Um, and in a puddle. <laughs> yeah, but, well, you see, I do love reflections. <laughs> yeah. I, am, I am always drawn to reflections, so, you know, in that, in that way. I do like a nice puddle. Yeah. No, I love today. a good puddle. <laughs> not today. Yeah, not today. Look at the dog, she's ridiculous. She's out in the bright sunshine wearing a fur coat. It's crazy. 
And we have got some lovely window light and things, but mm. we can, if you need to borrow some light to, you know, add a bit or something, I've got some LED panels and that kind of thing too. Wow, that would be another challenge, another yeah. layer of challenge. Another layer of challenge. Yeah. So, we were talking about keeping it simple, weren't we? Yes, yeah, we were. Weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> now we've done the yeah. strobe lighting and all sorts of <laughs> A to be happy. <laughs> this bit yeah i'll tell you what i'll go and get a little brush and we'll just give it a little brush because to be honest like if we can just brush off the top bit i think we should probably be all right yeah probably be fine we'll give it a go yeah um okay so we're thinking we're going to pop it in that one yes yeah so we're going to so. try with which one are you going to start I'm with i'm going Hill? to try the spectra just to see what happens through of an instant mm -hmm. hit yep and then we'll try um hp5 through the rico Exciting. Mm. All right. Um, tell us about the setup that you're going for as well. Um, we're standing in Rachel's dining room, which uh, has beautiful dark teal walls and a lovely window with today's wonderful sunshine streaming through <laughs> um, the blinds, which kind of give a, a softer light to yeah, it. Yeah, it's quite soft. Um, there's a corner with a um, Albert the vintage camera. We've <laughs> <laughs> moved a dining chair, so um, we've got a little, a little corner. Got in the corner, as that website said, as well. That's right, absolutely. It gives it a chance to focus on. For some focus. Brilliant. Okay, so I'm going to go and get a little brush and we'll brush out the Rico and we'll see how we get on with that. Okay. okay. Trusty old HP5 Plus. Um, how do you think you'll rate it, Hilary? Do you think you're going to go with 400 or 800? Or... Um, any thoughts? No, I, this is one thing I really need to learn how to do properly. I don't so know. We, I, I do, I, mm -hmm. If it was just me, I wouldn't even think about it. I'd do it to 400. Yeah, um, Obviously, we are shooting in indoors, but there is a lot of lovely light coming in. I don't know if you had a chance to do any uh, measuring. Have you had a chance to use Because you've got an app, haven't you, on your phone? I did. Um, it's, <laughs> that's the dog sighing. <laughs> Set the ISO to 400 and yeah. then it's one of these wheels. Yep, and then it, and it seems to be giving you a, re a reasonable reading. Let's see. So, at, let's say 5.6, you'd be at an eighth of a second. So we've got a tripod, so it's not... Yeah, so exactly. As long as, as, long as you can hold steady, you should be all right. <laughs> so long since I've used this. This is the trouble with having a lot of cameras. You, you forget what to do. <laughs> That yeah, that plays a tune. I can get rid of that. <laughs> I don't need that one. Hang on. Did you just say that your camera plays a tune? I, I think you think it plays a tune. Can we play the tune? Well, it needs on. There's a musical note then. All right. Let's, should we do it? It'll take a photo. Oh, does it take a photo yeah. whilst it plays a tune? Yes. Oh my god, that's so. amazing. <laughs> I try it. I just try one. Do you, do you want me in so you can do it? Because I that's kind of what I did with yeah, with mine. I I used somebody as stand in. So and took a shot with that, just so I could get a, like a feel for it. Um, so yeah, so uh, Hilary's currently uh, getting set up behind her spectra. Select for the tune. Three, two, one. It kind of half went. Let's have a little check Okay, so the spectra took a photo but didn't eject. So we're now going to go for the Rico. <laughs> I 
It worked. It definitely took they a photo. They took a photo. So Excellent. That, that so we know the shutter's working. Yeah. We know the time is working. It's all good. That's right, actually. I don't know if you mentioned that on here, but what, what was the, the tip from your dad? What was it that he did? Oh, he put a... Um, he was very fond of insulating tape for using, mending everything, and he used to put a narrow cross, white cross on the lens cap made out of insulating tape so that if he was pointing it at someone, they'd say, what's that funny white cross on your camera? And you'd go, thank you. <laughs> it's such a good cover. idea. Such a good idea. What I didn't do when I took that photo of you was focus it. Ace, we'll try it. So, are you going to give it a go? So you've yeah. got your timer. Um, you want to just make sure you're not going to hit that, I guess, as you go. Excellent. Is it wound on? Yes. Is it? Yes. yes. Let's say yes. Probably, probably got my eyes. You probably. <laughs> One of the things that I found that was difficult when I was shooting mine was, in terms of the framing, I showed Hillary um, <clears throat> a couple of my other attempts because there's one that I, I think I'll, I'll probably say is my is my self portrait. Um, but I tried obviously a few other um, sort of framings and different things as well. And it is really difficult. Like, for example, on one of them, I um, I put my uh, like my thermos flask in as well, and I wanted I wanted that kind of like in the foreground and and what have you. But because of the angle of where I was sitting and the fact that I had the camera on the tripod, when I was actually sitting in the place of the person whose portrait was being taken, I. I couldn't tell exactly where the thermos flask was and it ended up looking like my leg was made of thermos flask um, as opposed to it having been slightly uh, slightly over to, to one side, in which case it would have been quite a nice quite a nice portrait. So it's these things and um, that you that you just learn from from doing this and once you've got it processed and looking back at it. Um, yeah. th I did I did one with sunglasses as well. It's like a reflection. Yeah. Um, and again, it was just really tight on the edge of frame um, and it also meant that um, I was looking at in the wrong direction because I was looking at my reflection in the glasses as opposed to into the lens of the camera so just lots of things that we've learned from from doing yeah. this i think yeah, it's, um yeah it, it's been really good because just to actually get one photograph even though i don't know what they look like it, I, so many things can go wrong so many little ways of setting it right. i think it's time for more cake okay i'm back i have extra extra um, supplies we have a bit more jamaican ginger cake and I brought these, which were from our mother-in-law, uh, father-in-law, uh, almond candies, oh, in nice. case you want to try some of those. They look a bit mm. like raspberries. Yes. Need a little energy boost, I think. <laughs> how are you feeling? <laughs> how are you finding it, Hilary? How are you getting on? Yes, good. it's good fun. I'm enjoying this. Um, I'm pleased that I can actually learn to use this camera, which I've not used before, and I'm very pleased that I'm actually <laughs> managing to be not too self-conscious in front of the camera. So, Brilliant. It's good. Did you say you were getting into the swing of it now? It's yes. There's just a lot of knobs to press in the right order. So there's the the timer. There's the multiple exposure if we're using it. There's the shutter, and then 
there's the wind on and then there's the shutter. So there's, there's like four different things. Plus the aperture, the focus and the everything else. Yes, but I think so. I think I might have taken a picture of just um, an empty chair at one point. <laughs> but <laughs> That could look really cool. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe part of the self-portrait is actually I'm nervous about absence. this. So, you know, yeah, exactly. Absence of this. So I guess um, a thing with <clears throat> thing to remember with a shot like this is obviously which step you're on. So Hillary's asked me to come and sit in for her. So I'm on the stairs. I'm like fourth step up um, because she is deciding that she'd like to have a few more actual stairs in in frame. And obviously she's got forty mil um, camera. Um, lens fixed lens of course on on the rico so uh, so she's moved a bit further back i'm on like now the fourth step up and she's just re um i think just re-metering for it as well because obviously we're in a hallway um has little bits of light coming in but but not a huge amount but we're on hp5 so we still should have quite a lot of uh, leeway with that which is good i think we should be mm -hmm. okay with that fantastic swap places excellent thank you good time to move I can I can stand here. Yay! Click. Click. Painted into the distance. How many left now? Two left. Are you going to go with double exposures for the, both of those as well? Let's try and get us both on. Well, just for... We've got both be on yes. Oh, gosh, I'm yes. really scared now. Yes. Okay. No, challenging ah, me. challenging me. Okay, where do you want me well, first? You, you sit and I'll gallop in. So you, you're going first if you're going to be on the top step? Okay. Yeah, right. I guess. And then do you want me down here? Yeah. Okay. You let me know. <laughs> We're both in. Ah! <laughs> That's so funny. I wonder if that worked. <laughs> now that's that's it. That's it now. You did it! Did it. Woo! High five. Amazing! High five! Oh Brilliant. my goodness! Well, how do you feel? Great. That's really. It's been really good fun, actually. So much more fun than I thought. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm so pleased. Yeah. There's some images. Woo! Okay. Do you want to hold them up to the light? What can you see, Hillary? Can you see images? I can. I can see images. I can see people on stairs. Oh, the stairs. So we know that stairs. Um, Excellent. The stairs look quite really good. I've got a black top on so you can see the white. Yeah. Fairly well. The others are ah, a bit dark. This, this is some kind of leak. Ah. Yeah. So I don't know whether that's well it, we did say that yeah um, that camera was a bit leaky yeah it? so it might be yeah. to do with that but never mind yeah. but there's definitely some that you that can use fine. there yes isn't there yeah fantastic yeah. oh brilliant happy Wonderful. yes yay okay so we just need to go and um hang it up to dry now yes brilliant instant photography right instant instant so that is assignment 2016 assignment one done. complete done just did hang it up to dry <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Phew. Well, there we go. Um, Self-portrait. Mm, okay, so I realised I probably just needed to do a little summary at the end. Um, I think the main thing to say is that um, in spite of the fact that I was very nervous about it, didn't know how to approach it, didn't really have, you know, a clear idea as to how this whole thing was going to go. Um, I have really enjoyed taking it on. It's been such a learning curve for me. And um, in terms of photographically, but also in terms of creating this show, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, this isn't something that I've done before um, like this. It's normally a conversation with other people. So it's felt very, uh, so it's been sort of like pushing um, my comfort zone in various different ways to do this. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really pleased I've done it. I can say, yes, I did that. And it was just, I felt really honoured that um, the people I asked to um, talk to me about this took the time out of their lives to do that and to share part of that journey um, with me as well. Um, she's been just really insightful. It's brought up lots of different things I wasn't expecting to. I've learned lots from it. Um, it's definitely something I would do again. And, and I think just in general, I would say it would be lovely. We absolutely love... Um, to hear about what you guys get up to, um, what you're out there creating. It's just so inspiring. So if this has been something that you've enjoyed listening to and thinking about, and maybe hopefully it's given you a few ideas of your own, um, we would absolutely love to hear about your own experiences of self-portrait and how you've got on with it um, and see some of your images. So um, please do uh, sort of, you know, take part in this along with us um, and uh, we will see what happens uh, next from Graham and from Aid. And I look forward to speaking to you guys all again very soon. Uh, until then, have a lovely week. Yeah.